0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, uh, the one true podcast, and the only podcast to accept zakat from all other podcasts since January of two thousand nine.
1: Yes, we are very accepting of zakat. In fact, we don't even need it to be from our neighborhood. All communities give us zakat.
0: All other podcasts must pay their zakat to us. We will distribute it.
1: Yes, yes, we will distribute your two point five percent.
0: I, I suppose, um, at least from our Adbrite revenues, we would owe Zakat of, well, oh God, 32 two cents. cents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which means we are making a killing doing this podcast.
0: Absolutely, and so is God by proxy.
1: We better do a whole hell of a lot of good deeds.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, this is part two of our Islamic uh, podcast, um, and we're going to cover uh, parts of the Quran we're going to cover crazy Islamic beliefs, and we're going to cover uh, women in Islam. Which and of those do you want to start with?
1: Uh, let's start with women in Islam. I like that one.
0: I would like to end with women in Islam. Well, let's go Let's go into the Quran. Okay, then, you hit the Quran. Well, why are you asking me if you're just going to decide <laughs> differently, Jackass?
1: <laughs> if you already knew where you wanted to start, why are you asking me?
0: Actually, I didn't know, but I think uh, when we discuss the Quran, it might... Uh, Lead into some of these crazy beliefs
1: Alright, I can accept that
0: Alright, so um, According to Muslims uh, The Gospels and the Torah Were corrupted over time by extraneous Non-biblical beliefs, right? So, um, Jesus was only A great prophet, right? He wasn't the son of God He, he didn't die and get resurrected and the, the belief in the Trinity isn't true So the Quran, these series of Revelations uh, given to Muhammad was sent as a, a correction not a nullification of uh, the book. It just kind of doesn't replace, but more more corrects. Of course it does. So therefore, Islam is the uh, oldest form of monotheism, as we discussed in the last podcast. This was the original religion, just like Mormonism. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve.
1: Yes, yes, and this is the uncorrupted version.
0: Yeah, Quran is the original and final revelation of God. And apart from the Quran, you have uh, the Sunnah, which is the uh, example of Muhammad. Um, and that's preserved in the Hadith, which was written down, I think, 200 years later. So that's even worse kind of than the Old Testament, right? You had 200 years of kind of oral traditions that wasn't nailed down until, jeez, um, two centuries later.
1: Well, the interesting thing They've is, is that uh, Muhammad was actually telling everybody, don't write down what I'm saying. Well, he was uh,
0: the, he was illiterate, right? So he yeah. couldn't write all this stuff down. So it was preserved orally and written down by his companions.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, this 200 years later, uh, a lot of the Muslim community look on it as false attributions to Muhammad.
0: Right. Well, there's a um, obviously controversy over which part of the hadith is true and which part is um, just kind of. Oral traditions that, that don't go back to Muhammad Very similar to, you know, what parts of the New Testament go back to Jesus, right? The Jesus yep. Project yep. Anyway, the Quran is revealed uh, to Muhammad in stages over a 22-year period From uh, broken up into two parts, right? He, he received revelations in Mecca from 610 to 622 And Medina from 622 to 632 is death Actually, I think the, the Medina revelations come first uh, in the Quran, and, and the Mecca ones are later. Um, it was actually c- collected and compiled in its current format by the third caliph, Ufman, uh, who reigned during uh, 644 to 656. It consists of 114 chapters, 6,000 verses. It's shorter than the New Testament, actually.
1: Wow, that's actually... Uh, I might actually read that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We probably should have done that before our podcast on Islam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, uh, so much. Well, we only state that we will read the Bible, so you don't have to. We never said anything about the the Quran. (laughs) Right.
0: You can read the Quran. Someone should read the Quran, so we don't have to. Yes. Um, Actually, the the Mecca revelations, the chapters, are shorter than the Medina ones. That that may be why you know you start out with the Medina ones, so (laughs) you hit that climax, and it's downhill from there. Um, The ones from Mecca tend to concern religious beliefs and practices, the spiritual part of it. And the ones from Medina are more pragmatic about, you know, uh, life and the the Islamic State and the issues and politics and problems that arise. Um, It was uh, revealed in Arabic, and it's only uh, considered true and perfect in its original Arabic language. Translations are uh, inferior. Apparently God speaks Arabic.
1: Of course. Uh, It's surprising that God would speak the language of the people that He is God over that that's just absolutely flabbergasting yeah what
0: what a coincidence, yeah, it is a strict monotheism they, the Muslims do not believe in the Trinity, although um did you come up in your research across these satanic verses?
1: no, I didn't, I wish I had now, now
0: briefly, I think this is a tradition that I don't think is in the hadith, but um it's, uh, it has persisted in, in certain uh, texts that were written down um, and, and no one put it in the Hadith because, you know, Muhammad's perfect He couldn't have made a mistake But apparently there the revelation that Muhammad tacked on That, uh, you know, when he's talking to the Meccans who are pagans He's trying to get them to convert to Islam And he says in one verse that it's, it's essentially okay You know those three gods that you pray to? Well, you know, they are up there in the sky and <laughs> so they, you know, uh, converted This is the story, so the story goes They converted and said, oh, this is fantastic And then uh, Muhammad's followers got to him and said Oh, this is ridiculous, you can't do this, we're monotheists and, and he capitulated and removed it So apparently these the story was that Satan tempted him into putting these things in into the Quran And then he later removed them
1: Well, that's kind of interesting I know how Allah created the hell But I haven't heard about that
0: Yeah, I think that, I believe, that's what uh, Salman Rushdie uh, wrote his Satanic Verses about. (laughs) Anyway, so aside from that that brief uh, foray into uh, polytheism, they are strict monotheists. Um, Again, they say that Jesus can't be God because, you know, you can't associate anything with God. A human being, uh, an image, whatever, you can't do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's sacrilegious.
0: So here's the cosmology of uh, the Quran. You have heaven, earth, and hell. Right, there are uh-huh. two two types of beings: humans and spirits. In the spirit realm, you have angels, jinn, and devils. <laughs> 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 People take this seriously, right? Yeah. Um, angels serve as a link between God and human beings. They function as guardians, right? You have a guardian angel. Did anyone tell you that in Mormonism? I and mean, I was taught that every one of us has a guardian angel.
1: Yeah. See, I had been told that as well. i I'd, I'd been told that. Hey. Your guardian angel maybe be your dead grandfather or something right. like that. But uh, yeah, what was the statement? Never drive faster than your guardian angel can fly or something? Oh, God.
0: So the angels function as guardians, recorders, and messengers like Gabriel, right? Djinn or genies are between angels and humans. They are naturally invisible but can assume visible form, and they can be either good or bad. And interestingly enough, they'll be rewarded or punished in afterlife just like humans are. <laughs> Say, so guy, good baddie, good genies and bad genies.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. I just uh, looked up the entire creation story for the seven heavens, the creation of the earth, and uh, the creation of hell.
0: It, it's it's different than Christian theology. Oh,
1: Devils this is very much so.
0: Devils are fallen angels and jinn uh, who tempt human beings, right? Their leader is Satan, who represents evil, which in the Quran is disobedience to God. Satan refused to prostrate himself before Adam when God commanded him to do it, and so he fell. Human beings have a special status because God breathed spirit into the first human being, right? He gave Earth to human beings as a trust, and it's the job of humans to carry out God's will. So that's the cosmology. Um, And and I don't see any problem with that. That, That's actually pretty close to scientific cosmology. Right? I mean, do you remember studying genies uh, in your physics classes?
1: Yes, yes, in fact, I do. In fact, that was right next to how Allah made water and the seven metals.
0: Yeah, I remember. carrying out uh, electricity experience, you know, rolling the ball on the inclined plane, and uh, rubbing the lamp to see if the genie appeared.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you have to do it while patting your head and rubbing your belly.
0: Unlike Christianity, uh, there's no doctrine of inherited original sin, right? There's no belief in vicarious suffering or any atonement um, done vicariously by someone else. Uh, sin's a, a result of, of your disobedience, right, rather than a state of being, and, and You're responsible for your own sins. Adam and Eve are responsible for their own sins.
1: Well, see, if we're going to talk about sins, then we need to talk about the predestination uh, belief system within Islam itself, which is just kind of wacky.
0: Well, they do believe in predestination um, as a consequence of God's knowledge of everything, right? Yeah. If he knows everything... Then everything's predestined. That's a natural consequence.
1: Yeah, yeah. and this is what they say: mm-hmm. nothing will happen to us except what Allah has degre- decreed for us. He is our protect- protector. And then it says, for Muslims, everything in the world that occurs, good or evil, has been preordained, and nothing can happen unless permitted by God. It's kind of interesting because if you follow the Sunni view, then there are actually stages of fate, with the first stage being the decree of Allah which was written 50,000 years before the creation of the universe. This destiny is written and preserved in a tablet and never changed. Therefore, 50,000 years before the universe was created, God wrote down exactly what you were going to do on this world.
0: It's interesting that they they go up to a certain point and then stop. If um, we are predestined to do things, as a result of God's omniscience. That's good as far as it goes, but the next step is we're not responsible for anything we do. If we're all predestined to do all this stuff, there's no free will and actually no sin.
1: Yeah, yeah, well...
0: We're not responsible for it.
1: We're, we're absolutely not responsible because 50,000 years before the universe right. was created, God knew exactly what we were going to do. So it's, what the hell was the reason for this? It's an
0: iron block, and we cannot choose to do anything other than what god has already decreed for us therefore we can't be responsible for our sins so uh omniscience is actually uh, incompatible with free will unless you want to talk uh, about compatibilism which is a philosophical topic i really don't want to go into right now but it kind of meshes free will and determinism and says that they are uh <laughs> compatible with each other right they're compatibilist yeah. I don't think that holds. Um, it's tricky, but I don't think it holds, and an analysis of that it goes far beyond what we want to do. But for the purpose of this, uh, you know, you guys are, are good as far as you go, you just got to go one step further. If we're all predestined to do every action that we do throughout our entire life, then uh, uh, we can't be responsible for it. God can't judge us, and God's an asshole because he just uh, programmed a bunch of robots to do things, and then he punishes and rewards them for doing it, carrying out their programming.
1: Exactly. Now. Remember, fifty thousand years before the creation of the universe, God wrote down everything that would and would not happen. What are, well, you, the, what are
0: you stuck on this fifty thousand years thing about? Because
1: I'm building off of it. There the is no time.
0: Stage, there is no time before the universe started. Therefore, how could he have written it down fifty thousand years?
1: Allah is omni, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So remember this. So he's already written down exactly what's going to happen. The second stage of fate or takdir is Allah made a divi- a divine decree after the creation of Adam. Allah took out all the progeny of Adam and asked them, "Am I not your Lord?" And all the humans responded, "We testify that you are our Lord." Then Allah decreed to them, "Who shall go to paradise and who shall go to hell so Allah writes down everything that's going to (laughs) happen.
0: There was a big cry of, hot damn, and God fucking damn it.
1: Well, not only that, but then he goes to Adam and all the humans and says, which one of you are going to hell and which one are you going to heaven? Yeah, he's separating them all. And they're like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. You're going to send me to Earth and then I know where I'm going? Fuck you. Why even bother going to Earth? What's the point? I don't know. This, this, This whole stage of fate is just loony because the third stage of fate is called the lifetime decree and this happens uh, when a person is in the womb of the mother about a hundred and twenty days after conception and Allah sends an angel down they put a soul into the person the angel writes down the decree that Allah has made so basically his lifespan, sex, sustenance uh, basically how much he will earn throughout his lifetime and whether he will dwell in paradise or dwell in hell. So even before you've escaped the womb, you are cursed to heaven or hell. There's,
0: that's not different stages of fate. It was all written down way before any of this stuff. God knew it way before any of this happened. You're just talking about different points on the timeline. Yeah. There's no difference between 90 days after you were conceived and 120 days. There's there's Let's no see. magic... Uh, a quantum effect that, that's adding chant, right? God's not rolling dice on a big fat craps table up in heaven.
1: <laughs> well, see that's the funny thing, is that this is what they call it, the stages of takdir, or faith. And uh, so it, it's, it's absolutely loony because then they have a yearly decree, oh my which God. is on the night of quadra, or night of decree, where Allah sends down his decrees from heaven to earth and in it he destines the actions of creation for the next year. So he basically says, uh, well, tonight is the night of decree. This is what's going to happen for the next year.
0: Look, listen, you Muslim scholars, and I use the, the term scholar in exactly the same sense as I use it in reference to Kent Hovind. All right. Listen, you fucking idiots.
1: <laughs> Retards is the preferred word on religiosity.
0: Either God is omniscient or he isn't. If he's omniscient... There is one decree, and that happens at the beginning of fucking time, all right, or before the beginning of time. There's no need to keep re-decreeing it unless your God has Alzheimer's. I forgot. I wrote it down in a book, and now I'm going to re-decree it. Here you go.
1: Well, following that statement, the fifth and final stages of Taktir, or fate, is the daily decree, where Allah decrees the daily actions of his creation.
0: So what he's doing, essentially, is writing a kind of bunch of Miss Cleo predictions at the beginning of the year and then every day he's like, see I was right see I was right, (laughs) see I was right
1: not only the beginning of the year, he wrote down everything 50,000 years ago. Then he got all of uh, Adam and the progeny together and said, you're going to heaven, you're going to hell. And then before they were born, he wrote down the decree. And then yearly he's pointing out, this is what you're going to do. And then daily is like, see, I told you, fucker, that's what you're going to do. See, and, uh, you.
0: you forgot the sixth one, which is on April Fool's, when he goes, hey, uh, I decided actually you're going to heaven
1: instead of hell. Just kidding!
0: Ha ha ha! April fools! Ha ha
1: ha! ha. The one Fucking day idiots. of the year where God can decree something that's false. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fucking idiots! You believe me?
1: You actually believe I wrote this shit down fifty thousand years ago? What? I, I'm just pulling this out of my ass.
0: What is it with this stupid religion and repetition? I mean, come on! God over and over and over, over again.
1: Have Alzheimer's. That's all we can figure. I mean, just over and over and over repetition.
0: So now we get to jihad uh, because jihad. this is kind of throughout the Quran there's an emphasis on the ongoing human struggle which is what jihad is to do what is right and just which is uh both an individual and a community obligation this struggle can be against yourself uh, you know to do what's right and to to be just and and do good things and and to fi- follow the five pillars of Islam or it can be against other people who aren't doing what is right and just or against unbelievers right to spread Islam yep Uh, The um, community itself And this is one of my big problems With um, both Mormonism and Islam There is an intertwining uh, Of the community, the politics And the religion Right In Mormonism, uh, throughout Joseph Smith's time uh, He wanted to set this thing up as a theocracy And certainly it became a theocracy under Brigham Young And there is no separating Islam the religion from Islam, the state. They are one and the same uh, yeah. and, and have been ever since the, the beginning when, when it, uh, Muhammad started uh, his community in Medina. Uh, so, anyway, there's a community. There's no separation of church and state in Islam because uh, the community has a mandate to create a moral and social order. Yeah, the, much
1: like the perfect state Joseph Smith was trying to create.
0: Yeah, and of course, this, this can't ever be uh, <laughs> done incorrectly, right? Because Muhammad was perfect. And you can't deviate from that perfection.
1: That's true. Muhammad was so perfect, at one point he uh, was, oh, I don't know, fooled by Satan and started (laughs) writing it in the book and then had to recant.
0: So there's this uh, continual community jihad, right, to create a a better moral and social order. Um, The Quran actually, for the time did have controversial ideas about social justice, right? And, and like we said in the last one, this was a threat to tribal power structure. It emphasized the responsibility of the person to care for each other, regardless of their social status. It did institutionalize obligations in the form of the Zakat, the alms tax, and, and it did outlaw usury, which is, you know, banks charging interest or people who, who loan money charging interest as a form of exploitation uh, of the person you loan the money to. It did actually raise women's status for the time. It prohibited female infanticide. So, you know, like in China, for example, when you have a baby girl and you want a boy, you just kill it, essentially. Yep,
1: just kill it and wait for the next
0: one. Or in Sparta, where they thought, you know, the baby had any sort of defect, they'd just expose it and leave it to the gods to heal. <laughs> um, yeah, Hey, if the gods want to save him,
1: <laughs> here he is. gods will save him. Here you go.
0: Not my responsibility. It did abolish women's status as property. Uh, that was a huge step forward. Uh, it established women's legal capacity, uh, allowed them rights in court, uh, and allowed them to retain their control over their own property. Um, it changed marriage from uh, an a, um, exchange of property, right, dowry for the woman, uh, to a um, contractual relationship. It granted women the right to re- receive their own dowry uh, upon divorce. It granted women financial maintenance from their husbands. And it actually uh, severely curtailed uh, the man's ability to divorce at will. You know, before this, they get divorced for any reason, and the women really couldn't. Yeah. Muhammad did say, The best of you is he who is best to his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are forward thinking in, in 7th century Arabia. Unfortunately, as we'll get into later, A, it could be misinterpreted. Um, B, it it can be essentially ignored by patriarchal structures. And C, what was progressive in the 7th century looks really regressive now.
1: Yeah, completely regressive at this point.
0: Um, It did institute a type of religious tolerance. In some verses, it institutes a type of religious tolerance. Um, In Quran 2, verse 256, there shall be no compulsion in religion. It states it. Um, and it did tolerate you know, the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, which was better than the, the Christians treated the Muslims. So uh, do you have anything to add about that?
1: Nope, nope. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Um,
0: going back to the jihad, there are two meanings of the jihad, uh, violent and nonviolent struggles. Uh, Muhammad would often say when he returned from battle, we have returned from the lesser jihad to take up the greater jihad, right? Because the battle was the yeah. lesser of the two.
1: Yeah, the battle is always considered the lesser jihad because that's just killing people down here on earth. That doesn't matter. The greater jihad is all about the soul and the person themselves.
0: Yeah. The um, the violent jihad uh, was kind of the earliest verses, right, revealed shortly after the Hijrah. <laughs> so he he was escaping his enemies or trying to kill him. And so in Quran 22, 39 through 40, we hear... Leave is given to those who fight because they were wronged. Surely God is able to help them who were expelled from their homes wrongfully for saying our Lord is God. (laughs) That's very similar to Joseph Smith getting a revelation on plural marriage saying, hey, um, plural marriage is okay, and by the way, Emma, if you don't subscribe to this policy, you're damned to hell.
1: Yeah, you're going to hell, so just accept what I have said because I am the prophet.
0: Very self-serving. You know, before this is, you know, peace to your enemies and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And now it's, oh, you know, I give you leave to fight against you people who you are wronged.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. you, it's basically you sons of bitches took my stuff, that's it. We've got a jihad.
0: Right. Um, it does emphasize the defensive nature of the jihad. In 2, verse 190, uh, and fight in the way of God with those who fight you, but aggress not. God loves not the aggressive. So, that was taken to heart you know by al qaeda because flying the planes into the world trade center is a totally defensive act you know strapping it, it, it was a bomb provoked.
1: it was provoked
0: strapping a bomb to yourself walking in the middle of a crowded marketplace and then detonating it well i'm just defending myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> those people were looking at me funny click assholes
0: <laughs> read your quran damn it <laughs> there are, you know, in, in Quran 2, verse 294 It does give guidelines for uh, for the jihad uh, Above all, the response to, to violence and aggression Must be in proportion, right? So it says, whoever transgresses against you Respond in kind That's again, the
1: whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth shit
0: Again, um, since the United States is clearly flying buildings Into um, bin Laden's, uh, you know corporation and and uh since we're routinely sending soldiers over there with bombs strapped to their chests uh it's only fair for them to do that to us
1: my, my one question when did the united states invent a building that could fly what did i say <laughs> <laughs> you said the united states was flying buildings into their corporations
0: <laughs> excellent that's what we should do that's our jihad yeah, we we just, should
1: create a building that we will fly should up we should build ass. a
0: world world trade center and fly it into their airplanes
1: <laughs> <laughs> just having it circle their air <laughs> it's awesome awesome beautiful all right
0: now it does say though in uh eight verse sixty one if your enemy inclines toward peace, then you uh, too should seek peace and put your trust in God. In four verse ninety, had Allah wished, He would have made them dominate you. Uh, I didn't know Allah was into S and M.
1: Well, of course He is. I mean, For, He decreed everything from here on out. So, truth be told, Allah is the inventor of S and M.
0: That's true. Um, leather restraints and fur-lined cuffs and strangulation you know, and exa- ball gags.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know an awful lot about that shit. <laughs> and
0: so, <laughs> if they leave you alone and do not fight you and offer you peace, then Allah allows you no way against them. So, um, if we don't fight against them, apparently they won't fight against us. Now, oh, it is forbidden, bullshit. according to the to the Quran, to kill non-combatants, women, children, monks, rabbis, you know, unless they take part in the fighting. So, uh, again, th- this flying into the World Trade Center and detonating yourself isn't uh, condoned by the Quran. You, you know, cannot think, kill noncombatants.
1: I think what the U.S. ought to do is fly a plane over the top of them and just drop leaflets that just says one thing. Read your fucking Quran.
0: <laughs> However, there are what are called sword verses in the Quran, and they call for killing of unbelievers. So, 9 verse 5. When the sacred months have passed, so that's nice. you got yeah. to the, leave the sacred months behind you. Slay the idolaters. Slay the idolaters wherever you find them. And take them and confine them and lie in wait for them in every place in ambush. Now, um, progressive scholars will point out that this was aimed at the Meccans, right? Uh, and The revelation was, was taken down during the time the Muslims were fighting the Meccans. And the following verse, the one that, that follows, 9 verse 6... Says, but if they repent and fulfill their devotional obligations and pay the zakat, then let them go their way. God is forgiving and kind. So apparently if, if they just pay the tax,
1: then they're you, safe. You can't kill them. Yeah. It's like a death tax. Uh, you want to live? 2.5%.
0: I think it's higher for non-believers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should I be surprised by that?
0: No. Nah, Quran book nine, verse twenty-nine. Fight those who believe not in God nor the last day nor hold that forbidden which hath been forbidden by god and his apostle nor hold the religion of truth even if they are people of the book so that's yeah uh, it covers atheists people who don't believe in apocalypticism
1: <laughs> atheists again
0: uh, people who aren't islam even if they're christians and jews now of course again the line that follows the sword verse is until they pay the tax, whether willing or not willing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so basically... Like uh, I said,
0: the only two things sure, right? Death and taxes are the only death two and things taxes. sure.
1: Yeah, and and these guys have perfected the death and taxes method.
0: <laughs> it's for Islam, it's death or taxes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can live, just pay the tax.
0: Sometimes both. All right, so uh, that's the Quran. Um You know, I think like the Bible, you can read whatever you want into it. You can find support for whatever crazy belief you want. Uh, Case in point, I believe Leighton has a bunch of crazy beliefs for us.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, In fact, most of these come from uh, Muhammad's mouth, and uh, it's kind of funny. I found a website called Islam Watch, and uh, I looked up. I'm like, who are these guys? Are these just a bunch of Americans? But they are a group of Muslim apostates. And uh, they've left because they've discovered uh, Muslimism isn't exactly good. Muslim? <laughs> uh, what? I can did make you, up words.
0: you just say Muslimism?
1: <laughs> Why, yes, I did. Hey, Excellent. if you can talk about flying buildings, I can make up Muslimism.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> but uh, anyway, so these guys, uh, I found all sorts of crazy shit about Islam. From these guys and uh, and other places. We'll begin in the other places first. Uh one thing is the Bukhari, volume nine, book eighty seven, and it's basically narrated by Abdullah, and he's writing down what the prophet said. That was the preface.
0: That was the Bukhaki?
1: The Bukhaki, yes. The (laughs) Bukhaki Volume nine. (laughs) But to preface the Bukhaki. Um, uh, basically, Muhammad has a bunch of people, and they're all getting sick. And so the people come to Muhammad and say, well, hey, when is this disease going to end? And this is Muhammad's response. I saw, in a dream, a black woman with unkept hair going out of Medina and settling at Al-Jaffa. I interpreted that as a symbol of epidemic of Medina being transferred to the place Al-Jaffa. So basically, he dreamt about a black woman with wild hair walking to Al Jaffa, and that means the disease is going to spread that way.
0: What a racist. It seems like he's dreaming in
1: Jack Chick tracks. (laughs) Well, you know, you want to know something even funnier is, is modern Islam followers are actually stating that because of this, that Muhammad knew about airborne diseases, because he knew that they would travel through the air to Al Jaffa and kind of pass from them to the others. So because of this passage in this dream, Muhammad and Allah were passing on the airborne diseases.
0: Yeah, hey idiots, uh, the Greeks were aware of airborne diseases. Um, and it happens every time, you know, when, when the Greeks in the uh, Peloponnesian War the, the Athenians walled themselves up and came in from the countryside of Attica and, and walled themselves up inside of Athens. The Spartans said, hey, all we got to do is besiege them for a couple of years because in those close quarters, they're going to get a plague, Everyone's right? going to get
1: sick. Yeah, it was a did. great strategy. It worked. And they did. Um, they
0: didn't know precisely why. But, you know, uh, ancient people, just because they're ancient and don't know modern science, aren't stupid. No. Right? Can, I mean, They God. can
1: observe.
0: They have the powers of observation. They understand. Uh, But, you know, this crazy dream about this uh, black lady with wild hair uh, leaving and taking the plague away, so what? I mean, uh, this is just a case of you interpreting, you putting your own interpretations on the text itself. Uh, Case in point, I've heard from Mormons that because there's a uh, Revelation and Doctrine and Covenants, it says God's time is not man's time, that uh, Joseph Smith knew about relativity.
1: Yeah, and uh, I've heard that same exact explanation, and it's bullshit.
0: Bullshit. You put what you ever want in, in the, into the text. There's nothing about God is traveling near the speed of light, therefore time is slowing down for him in the text. That would have been impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would have explained relativity, but it doesn't.
0: Relative to a a stationary bystander. (laughs) Anyway, what's your other crazy beliefs?
1: All right, we're going to leave the Bukhaki volume and move to the Sahih Muslim Book 2, number 458. And uh, this actually describes how to clean yourself after taking a shit. You know, very important. Yes, very important. Abu Herrera reported Allah's apostle, may peace be upon him, as saying... When someone wipes himself with pebbles, he must make use of an odd number. And when any one of you performs ablution, he must snuff in his nose water and then clean it.
0: <laughs> okay, first of all, why are they wiping their ass with rocks?
1: Uh, because you have to clean yourself, and toilet paper isn't prevalent. But you there must palm use leaves. an odd number of rocks to you wipe You can't your wipe your ass off. with a palm leaf. It doesn't clean as well as pebbles, I'm sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> but why only an odd number. An even number wouldn't clean you as well.
0: That's why my sharman I just got says twice as many
1: rocks. <laughs> twice as many pebbles as those from your Islamic plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and only odd numbers per sheet. Yes, yes. Well So that's very important because you have to if you're gonna wipe your ass with rocks, for God's sakes make
1: sure it's an odd number of rocks.
0: Yeah. It's it's very important. Do they have consequences of um, even number of rocks?
1: I didn't find any consequences. I was just so flabbergasted by wiping your ass with pebbles and then having to wipe it with odd number of pebbles and then having to clean your nose out with water.
0: No wonder these Muslims defeated the Meccans. They're wiping their asses with rocks.
1: (laughs) They've got calluses in places men shouldn't have calluses.
0: (laughs) Here, Ibrahim... Try the sandpaper. Much better.
1: <laughs> yes, it's much tinier rocks. And trust me, <laughs> it's an odd number of pebbles. On I've counted.
0: Sandpaper. Amazing, amazing.
1: <laughs> All right, well, continuing down the shit line, in uh, the same book, uh, number 462, you have, again, Abu Hurairah reporting what the Apostle of Allah, may peace be upon him, said. When any one of you wakes up from sleep, and performs ablution, he must clean his nose three times, for the devil spends the night in the interior of his nose.
0: (laughs) That's where the devil's been camping out all this time?
1: (laughs) Yeah, you get up to take a shit, and now the devil's hiding in your nose. (laughs) Thank God
0: you can clean him out with some water. Yeah, well, only do
1: it three times.
0: Thank God we have an apostle to tell us to clean the devil out of your nose at night with water.
1: Well, you'll love this part, then. This is another reason why modern Muslims state that that uh, Allah and Muhammad knew about airborne diseases. Because they were saying, as you take a shit the uh, scent of it gets up in your nose, gets stuck up in there with all the bacteria, and that if you don't wash it out before going back to bed, then the devil or airborne diseases is going to get you.
0: That is totally true. Uh, the disease travels straight from your ass uh, into the uh, nostrils, and every time people take a shit and smell it, they get sick. Every <laughs> Which single Which is time. why
1: you walk into a bathroom and it says All employees are required to wash their hands and their noses.
0: Please wash your nose three
1: times. I don't care about your hands.
0: There's nothing in there about hands, right? You don't have to wash your hands, just your nose. No, don't
1: wash your hands, just your nose. You just have to wash your nose three times. Hey,
0: Allah, it would have been better to wash your hands. Tell them to wash their goddamn hands.
1: (laughs) But the importance was the nose, man. The devil's in there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gotta get that Satan out of your nose. The devil's spending the night in my goddamn <laughs> nose. He's he's
0: just camping out there. Oh, God. Having God. a little uh, roasted weenies and telling scary stories to those little <laughs> devil kids.
1: They're gonna <laughs> spread into my lungs. I must wash my nose three times.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I love uh, it.
1: All right. Well, let's see if you can make sense of this. Now, uh, the question was raised. On what does our enormous, flat earth stand? And... uh, (laughs) Turtles. Turtles, yes. Now, this is according to the hadith, and uh, this is the answer from Muhammad's mouth. Yea, Rasul Allah, please tell us, on what does this vast earth stand? Muhammad replied, Allah has placed this seven-layered, huge earth on the horn of a cow. This cow has 4,000 such horns, and the distance from one horn to another is a journey of 500 years. This gigantic cow is standing on the back of a giant fish. This fish is floating on gluttonous water. The depth of this water is the distance of a journey of 40 years. This gluttonous water is resting on floating air. This air, or atmosphere, is resting on darkness. The darkness rests upon the hell, and that hell is placed on a massive stone. This massive stone is resting on the head of an enormous angel. The angel is standing on wind and the wind is resting on the empty world of Allah's glory.
0: What is the empty world of Allah's glory standing on?
1: Uh I'm pretty sure we'd have to go into how Allah created hell to understand
0: that. that that's when Muhammad died. <laughs> There's he's got all that he's like hey, uh, angel wind, uh-huh, uh Uh, Throne of Allah, and then there's this little line going...
1: Yeah, giant fish, uh, angel... He
0: had had air in there twice, by the way. I was really disappointed. (laughs) Well, air is important. How can air be resting on air? Ridiculous.
1: (laughs) How can water be resting on air, jackass?
0: By the way, science has uh, confirmed that to every particular detail.
1: Yes. That is true. I am absolutely sure. And in fact... uh, (laughs) We talk all the time about God being an asshole. Well, um, Allah takes it to a whole new level. Because this nice. is how Allah created hell.
0: <laughs> That's where that um, fish smell comes from, by the way. From hell? From? <laughs> no, from that big fish that it's resting on.
1: The big fish that the cow is standing on with the <laughs> <child> horns. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I always thought that was you. just feminine odor, but I guess it's a giant fish. So we've pointed out that God's an asshole. Here's how bad of an asshole Allah is. Now, we've already talked about the gigantic stone, so I'll pick it up after that.
0: Can't then, they uh, wrap that fish in a
1: newspaper? I don't think so. The fish is in the water, so the fish is still surviving. Oh. Yeah. Then the water's resting on air.
0: Isn't yeah. the fish resting on water? No, the fish is in water. The cow's standing on a fish inside of water?
1: Yeah, this fish is floating on gluttonous water. All right. I am uh, like
0: a, see, like a goldfish, like a dead goldfish, right? He's floating on the top. It
1: must be upside down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out what they mean by gluttonous water.
0: I am drawing the line at a cow standing on a goldfish. That is just too
1: ridiculous. Well, especially if it stands on the eyeballs. I mean, the rest of it. Old fish eyeballs?
0: The rest of it I can believe, but no cow is going to stand on a fish, especially for longer than an hour or two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With a giant earth, flat earth, by the way, (laughs) sitting on its horns.
0: Yeah, how is that thing balancing anyway? I don't get it. uh, Between the two horns. Those two horns are 500 years apart.
1: Well, actually, I just read it again. It's only on one horn.
0: Right, exactly. How's it balancing that
1: thing on one horn? And he has 4,000 such horns. So basically there are 4,000 other flat earths to stand on. Hmm. Well, that part makes sense. I can see that. Alternate universes. Therefore, this is scientific. (laughs) All right. What is hell? All right. Hell. So after the big gigantic stone called the Shara, then Allah appointed Malik, the archangel as the principal supervisor for care and maintenance of hell. Now, that's awful sweet of him to put in a supervisor for the care and maintenance of hell. And his name? (laughs) Is Malik. Is Malik. (laughs) Now, under Malik, he gave him underlings, where there are 29 angels engaged in helping him out with this job. Now, Where's Satan?
0: Doesn't he rule over hell in Muslim theology? No, Malik does. It's all angels, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, Malik, and then the twenty-nine angels, and each of these angels has seventy thousand hands, and in total there are one hundred and forty thousand hands, and each hand—that
0: is, that is a massive amount of
1: friction burns, <laughs> especially when you're masturbating. I that mean, is
0: a that is a lot of uh, hand lotion. And, can you imagine
1: uh, the bill when they go <laughs>
0: the laundry? <laughs> the laundry bill—that's. That, that's at least a hundred and forty thousand. Well, you have to probably divide that in half too, because they're only using one hand, right? So that's seventy
1: thousand well, socks. That's true. That's true. Seventy thousand socks. But what if they decide to flush them down the toilet rather than launder them? Oh God, that's a lot of pebbles. Now I believe you're right about the seventy thousand, because each hand has seventy thousand palms. <laughs> that is a lot of hair. Yes, it is. So, uh, all right, so we have 140,000 hands, and each hand has 70,000 palms. Charlie, what's the number for that? It's just one really big palm. Yeah, one really big one. Well, each palm has 70,000 fingers in it.
0: Oh, for God's sakes.
1: Yeah, and on every finger there is a python, and on the head of the python there is a serpent. This serpent is so long that its length is the distance of a journey of 70,000 years. Each of these serpents carries on its head a deadly poisonous scorpion. One of these scorpions smite a denizen of hell. He will become restless and fidget in utter pain for all eternity. I see.
0: So their version of hell is that you um, get stung by a scorpion pretty much from all eternity.
1: Yeah, pretty much. On the top of a giant serpent with a Uh, fingers of angels. I mean, fuck me.
0: That is really stupid.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you can look on somebody else's beliefs and say it's stupid. Uh,
0: But you know what? I have respect for that belief.
1: I'm sure you do. In fact, when you stated stupid, I could hear the respect emanating from the word.
0: I stated it as respectfully as possible. (laughs) You, are you ready for women in Islam? Should we talk about women wait, in Islam? Wait, I think
1: we should do one more. And this is how Allah created the seven heavens, the earth, and the entire universe in six days. So this yeah. is the creation story. All right. All right. So in the beginning, on a Sunday, Allah created his supreme throne and all the objects surrounding it. So fuck earth. He's creating his throne first.
0: Right. you got to have a throne. you got to have somewhere to sit.
1: Yeah, you got to have somewhere to sit as you overlook all your creations, which are already predestined to do what you already want them to do.
0: Where's he going to watch the football game?
1: Yeah, all right. Well, on Monday, he created the seven heavens, which is basically a bunch of layers of of metals, copper, silver, gold, shit. Um, Yep. Yep. On Tuesday, he created the seven layers of the earth, so the seven things sitting on the cow horns. On Wednesday, the dark, empty space... I don't know how you can create You don't
0: have to create that. It's already there.
1: (laughs) Hey, Allah created empty space on Wednesday. He took Wednesday off. (laughs) (laughs) No, he did this for six days. All right. On Thursday, he made all the objects between heaven and earth. And then on Friday, he created the moon, the sun, the stars, the planets, and the satellites. I didn't know he was that good with electronics.
0: Yeah. That's uh, and where then, the GPS came from. See, they uh, should
1: have had GPS. Exactly. And then having done all these in six days, Al decided to take a rest on Saturday, the seventh day. Why? I he took know. a
0: rest on Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, how hard is creating empty space anyway? Jesus.
1: <laughs> well, maybe that was his siesta.
0: Allah's <A Los> Mexican. <laughs> But, uh,
1: of course, Arabic is his chosen language.
0: Right. He speaks with a thick Mexican accent.
1: <laughs> uh, the siestas. Okay, go ahead and continue with women.
0: All right, let's, uh, we want to wind this up with a discussion of women in Islam. Briefly, uh, the um, rights of women kind of vary from Islamic State to Islamic State. And actually, they vary sometimes within the state itself. For example, in Egypt, women can't serve as judges. Uh, in Morocco, 20% of judges are women. But, in Morocco, women need male relatives permission to travel. <laughs> <laughs> but they can be judges, they just need permission to, to travel to be, to be the judges. Yeah. Women in Saudi Arabia can own businesses in real estate, but they can't drive a car. They're restricted you run to... your business? They're restricted to a Appropriate professions such as nursing and teaching that are female professions.
1: <laughs> so they've set up a bunch of shops where they just nurse?
0: Uh, women, <laughs> right, you've got to walk to them to be nursed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi, women, my
1: baby needs nursing, here you go. <laughs> women do not have
0: the vote in Kuwait, and there's been a, a recent move to segregate universities by gender, so they have male and female universities. In Iran, women must wear a burqa in public. But they constitute the majority of students at the universities. They can hold professional positions, serve in parliament, and Iran has even had a, a woman vice president. In Pakistan, women can vote, serve as ambassadors, and prime ministers, but still suffer under Islamic-like property laws and and uh, uh, all this stuff. In, in Af- Afghanistan, under the Taliban, women had to wear the burqa. They forced professional women to give up their jobs, so they couldn't be nurses or teachers. <laughs> They prohibited girls from attending school. Now that's, um, I would recommend, by the way, uh, Afghan Star to anyone. Uh, I saw it at Sundance about a year ago, and I think it's out on DVD now. Uh, It shows the difference before the Taliban uh, and then after the Taliban, and now they're kind of emerging from the Taliban's rule and uh, starting to kind of distance themselves from it. But it's kind of like an American idol in Afghanistan. It's fascinating. Uh, so so I recommend that anyone rent it, watch is fantastic.
1: That's interesting. All
0: right, so we've talked a bit about the burqa. Uh, it's that big kind of hood with a hole in the eyes that they have to wear yep. uh, in some Islamic states. And also, to, to a great extent, the veil has been seen as a symbol of oppression just as much as the burqa has. A little history on this, veiling of women didn't get, become widespread in Islam until about three or four generations after the death of Muhammad. It was originally a sign of honor and distinction, right? It was worn as a symbol of status and only adopted by women in in a wide fashion later. Uh, Of course, they were influenced by Persian and and the Byzantine nobility. You got the Persian Empire on one side, the Byzantine Empire on the other. The women in, in these empires both wore the veil as a status symbol to separate themselves from the poor and the lower classes, right? They can't afford a veil. So what happened was the upper classes would wear the veil and you would mingle all the classes in the mosque when they come together and pray and in the marketplace and that filtered down so that uh, all women if they had the financial means would wear the veil oh. so but- now um, there's a backlash against the wearing of the veil currently in france for example uh, the burqa itself has been banned since 2004 just this year There was a commission um, that studied how to kind of restrict the the burqa, and they recommended that access to public services and public transportation be barred from those who wear a burqa. March 31st, Belgium's Interior Affairs Committee proposed a ban on burqas throughout the entire country. That may become law as soon as July. I think the Netherlands and and, uh, France uh, is trying to impose a a countrywide ban on the burqa as well, but France's constitution... Kind of it's given them problems to to uh, institute a ban on the burqa countrywide. I think would go against the constitution, which which prohibits I think a ban on religious dress. But uh, some of these women are are fighting back. Some of these women who wear the veil say that Western women are slaves to their appearance. Right? They have to spend hours getting ready, put themselves into high heels and painting their fingernails and wearing all this jewelry. And so the and fugly
1: women are fighting back.
0: uh, So that these women who wear the veil are freed from that. And the veil forces people to treat the woman as a person and not as a sex object. And they they have to treat them as individuals even though they all look the fucking same under this burqa.
1: Let me explain something to you. Ladies out there wearing a burqa, if we see lumps, we're men. We're going to imagine That God. said, you take the burk off. You're not required to do anything with your hair. In fact, I see a lot of women walk up and down who have done nothing with them themselves. You Listen, ain't required to.
0: I would respond to that by saying, "Well, that's all well and good, but how come only women have to wear the burka? If this is such a good thing, um, that, yeah. that that women are slaves to their appearance in the West, uh, and the the veil frees them for that, and that the the veil or the burka forces." People to treat the veiled or burqa person um, as an individual and a person, not as a sex object. Why don't men take up the burqa? Why don't men wear a fucking veil?
1: Uh, makes sense to me. I'll never wear one, but makes sense to me. <laughs>
0: Let's start seeing these Islam men wearing burkas. If it's really not sexist and uh, to oppress women and keep them hidden, the idea is, and it's just like we read in that cleric a week ago, The idea is that women are complicit. If they wear immodest or provocative clothing, they're complicit. They are tempting men to have bad thoughts, and it's essentially their fault right of
1: course it is it's like their a, fault for being a woman
0: yeah and apparently it's impossible for men to tempt women into having bad thoughts and so they can wear whatever they want well, have i you say seen what's the
1: male body it's nothing compared to the woman
0: what's good for the goose is good for the gander if it's good for women it's good for men and i would like to say, see these islamic countries start taking this burqa these these uh apologetics for the burqa seriously and have these men wear the goddamn burqa if you really okay. believe it let's see it let's see you take it up
1: yeah that's actually not a bad idea. All right. All three irreligiosity fans, take up this cause. Make men wear
0: the burqa. <laughs> a couple of uh, verses from the Quran which um, have to do with men and women because, you know, in theory, uh, men and women are equal in the Quran and, you know, they're equally responsible for doing and carrying out the duties of the five pillars of Islam. But let's see what the Quran has to say um, specifically. Quran, uh, f- book 4, verse 34. Men have responsibility for and priority over women since God has given some of them advantages over others and because they should spend their wealth for the support of women. Okay. Cuz women can't take care of themselves.
1: Of course not. That's because man has given or God has given man the advantage.
0: Uh, correct and you know they have responsibility for and priority over women so actually men are better than women. Yeah. Um you know and well, you know can people counter that Remember, this is just in finances, because in 7th century Arabia, in the context of the Quran uh, revelation at the time, that women did not have very many financial opportunities, and so it was responsibility of men to take care of them. Um, Let's well,
1: see, I've seen this in my family, and it still takes effect today. The damsel in distress. One of my brothers sees some woman in distress, they marry her.
0: Yeah, the knight in shining armor thing. Uh, I would respond to that. Remember, Muhammad was the final prophet and had the final revelations. So there is a a tradition in Islam that that you kind of reinvigorate Islam and renew it and reform it uh, once a century. Uh But there are no more prophets. So God should have foreseen this and said, well, now, (laughs) why couldn't he have? Now men have responsibility for and priority over women because now they're financially more stable and secure. But uh, centuries from now, in the year 2000, men and women will be financially equal. And forget about this verse
1: well that's because god was paying so close attention to the devil up people's noses that he forgot this
0: that's clearly more important um god also is a sexist bastard <laughs> as proved by no, this no no no
1: no allah is a sexist bastard
0: as proved by this next quranic verse uh book 2 verse 282 two female witnesses are equal to one male witness <laughs> Asshole.
1: That makes sense because women's memories aren't as clear as a man's. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, let me close with this one which probably gives the um uh underlying theology for the burqa. Um this is addressed to Muhammad's wives, right? In Quran 33 verse 53. And when you ask his wives for anything you want, he's talking about the men who ask his wives And when you men ask his wives for anything you want, ask them before a screen. That makes for better purity for your hearts and for theirs. So (laughs) you have to have a screen in front of you with like a curtain so you can't see the wives. Therefore, um, you'd be more pure, and they will be more pure. Because clearly if any man lays eyes on any woman, especially Muhammad's wives, Muhammad's women, uh, they're going to want to rape him.
1: Well, that makes sense considering uh, Muhammad's first wife was what, uh, thirty, forty years older than him?
0: Fifteen years older, and that uh, was close. This she's dead now because he's got a bunch of more wives.
1: Well, he must have run her into the ground and had to pick up some new ones. So
0: I love it that he's you know he's borking every one of these women, but heaven forbid they bork another man.
1: <laughs> well, they can't even have another man look on them. They can. I, I can guarantee you the pup tent would be popping. It's.
0: <laughs> it's hard to bark through a screen, but you can certainly see the pup tent through the yes, screen. Yes,
1: you can bark through a screen. That's where glory holes were came in.
0: <laughs> all right, so there you have it. Um, women are clearly equal uh, to men in uh, the Quran.
1: That's that's very true. Except all women are equal except for swoopy. Swoopy is above equality.
0: Swoopy is dead to me. Swoopy? Swoopy
1: is above equality. She is the only woman who should be allowed to drive a car.
0: Uh, Two Swoopies are equivalent to one, Chuck.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. The Swoopy laws do not count. In fact, I'm sure the Quran has a, a section specifically for the Swoopy.
0: Quran is very clear on this point.
1: The Quran doesn't even... Sp- you know what? I will interpret the Quran my way. <laughs> you will interpret the Quran your way. You
0: Sunni bastard. Always you oppressing. You
1: Shiite <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, while Leighton and I jihad uh, against each other, we uh, hopefully will both survive until next week.
1: Yes, yes. Long live Swoopy. <laughs>